year I turned 12. The age where you transfer from boy to man. It's the little things that you remember all your life. First hit, your first kiss, the first time your dad lets you know that he sees you. Well, I still hadn't had the other two, but boy, did that third one feel good. Would you stand up and walk out on? Happy Wonder Wednesday, everyone. This is Angela Bowen, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today I'm bringing to you Season 1, Episode 21. Yes, we are one episode away from the Season 1 finale. This episode is titled, Where No Dean Has Been Before. This episode aired May 11th, 2022. In this episode... Dean tries to impress Kisa's cool new boyfriend by inviting him and his friends to a party Kim is throwing while Bill and Lillian are away for the night. Things get out of hand just as Bill and Lillian arrive home. My guess is they came back home early. <laughs> All right, this episode's got a 7.1 out of 10 based on 75 ratings. Let's see who we got here. We have Broderick, who is played by Chinua Baraka Payne. Let's see if he's what he's been in here. He was in the Netflix series Luke Cage. And I think this might be her second boyfriend that we've seen her with. The first guy was Perry Barlow from the Valentine's Day episode. We also have Mr. Davidson. I'm guessing he's a teacher. We have Hampton played by Andrew Tall. Adorable Hampton. We got Norman played by Kayla Black. We got Greg Weeks as Cedric. I'm guessing he's a high schooler. The same with Ernest who's played by Trey Best. Sincere Brown is Franklin. Latoya, played by Kiara Kiki Williams. Okay, she is she a sister to? Um, 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 no, never mind, never mind, never mind. Okay. We got Bryson Mitchell as jerk eighth grader. Oh, wonderful. Ugh. So, okay, what is, I thought Dean was, like, in seventh grade. So, how did this eighth grader just show up? Is he a friend of Kisa's new boyfriend? I have no idea. <laughs> but we will find out. This episode was directed by Ken Whittingham. Writers, Saladin K. Patterson, the creator of The New Wonder Years. We also want to give credit to Neil Marlins and Carol Black, who are the creators of the original, the OG Wonder Years. It's aired on ABC from 88 to 93. We also have Bo Zenga, written by, this episode was written by, we got Ambiria Allen, story editor, Kendra Cole, Yale Galena, also story editors. We got Diverd, Danny Batista as a staff writer, and Yaman Siegel as a staff writer. So it seems like a lot of the time it's, these are our regular staff writers. We might have a, a new face pop in once in a while, but these are that's the core. The core that are writing the episodes. So, let's see. We have no trivia, which a lot of the time there really isn't any trivia. Every once in a great blue moon, there might be some, or there might be a goof, or I really, I don't see 
a lot of these episodes don't have user reviews. I think there are user reviews for the show. It's just overall user reviews, like those that have either watched an episode or watched it as a whole, but they're not tied to any particular episode. So, all right, before I get into the podcast, if you're just tuning in for the first time, I have been covering the Wonder Years, the new Wonder Years, since, I believe, late September, early October of 2021. Going forward, I don't know when the new Season 2 of Wonder Years is going to be. I, I don't think it's going to be in January. I really don't, because it seems like they're just starting to film. Because I do follow the cast on Instagram. Julian Lerner, who plays Brad, Dean's best friend. Posted that he's getting his hair into Brad character form. So, looks like they are starting to get ready to shoot some episodes, possibly. I'm not sure. I am looking forward to it. Now, I did read that they said it was going to be... I really don't think it's going to be January. I think that it's too, too soon. We're already in mid-October at this point. Unless they get a few filmed and they maybe air one in January and then they continue with the rest of the series. If they can, if they do it in March, I'm guessing season two is not going to be a huge season. Otherwise they're going to go all the way into some, like if they start in March, it's March, April, May. That's like 12 episodes. That's if they start at the beginning of March, if they started in January or February, that would give them at least four to five months that's almost a full season so we'll see my plan however regardless of when they decide to start airing season two is i will cover the first episode but the rest you're most likely going to have to wait on until either summer or fall i want to do a lot of pre-recording so i can have that stuff set aside and ready to go while i focus on my other podcast commitments The podcast does have a Facebook page if you just type in the Wonder Years podcast or, yeah, pretty much that. And the Looking Back at My Wonder Years podcast will pop up. Click on it. Follow it if you want to so you know I'm pretty much doing these episodes in chronological order. Again, if you're new to the podcast, I did cover all six seasons of the Wonder Years from May 2017, I believe, until I think it was the end of the year of... 2018 all those episodes that i covered of the og wonder years are only really available on soundcloud at this point i believe seasons five through six or even six at this point are available on itunes however the more episodes you do since they only keep i believe like 500 episodes of your podcast on iTunes, a lot of the earlier stuff, like stuff from 2017, 2018, may not show up there anymore. So your best bet to listen to all of them is going to be, it's going to be SoundCloud. It's, you know, download the SoundCloud app so you can start at the very beginning. All right. So without further ado, also one last thing, if you want to send an email to the podcast, you can do so at LBOM, Wonder Years Podcast at gmail.com. So I don't just cover the Wonder Years and the new Wonder Years. I've covered episodes of Elf, Mr. Belvedere, Small Wonder. I am currently 
almost at the end. This at the in December I will finish up Small Wonder season two. So there's that. I also since 2019 in April have been covering Full House and Fuller House episodes. So if you want to check that out, you can do that. Also, the first season of Silver Spoons is on this platform. If you want to check out seasons two through five of Silver Spoons, visit the Punky Power podcast because that has all of them along with all four seasons of Punky Brewster, the OG Punky Brewster. I'm also working my way through the first season, 10 episodes of Punky Brewster, which I will be airing or will be uploading the Punky Brewster season one, episode three, two first dates towards the end of this month. So look forward to that on the Punky Power podcast. All right. I think I've talked enough. So without further ado, let's jump into where no Dean has gone before. Oh boy. This sounds, and Bruce is there too. So I think it's going to be fun. You know, I bet the older boys, you know, especially the ones that are in high school are really going to look up to Bruce because, you know, he's been to war, you know, look at him at some kind of, you know, a, a hero. Definitely. He is a hero. So I'm very curious to see how this is going to go over. I don't think, yeah, we have not seen any of Dean's friends interact really at all with Bruce. They may have, you know, their own memories of when Bruce was around when they were younger and stuff. Like, I don't know. So let's find out. So, of course, we have the cold open here. We're seeing a lot of footage from the 60s about Dean saying, even though the word cool wasn't in then, things were definitely cool with... The, the president was cool, and the cars we drove were cool, and the clothes we wore were cool, and all of that. And Dean, adult Dean tells us, but growing up then, there's a difference between who was cool and who wasn't. Okay, smooth move, X-Lax. <laughs> Dean goes to sit down and but What ends up on the floor, and everyone is laughing at him. Dude, the school year's almost over. Seriously, you haven't perfected how to sit down at a lunch table? Yeek. So, the guys are all talking about the fact that Keith has got a new boyfriend. And Norman says, well, Keith likes cool dudes. So, if you think about it, you never really had a chance with her. Okay, is this the Kirk McRae version, this Broderick character? Apparently, this kid's a starting quarterback. I thought that is something like Kirk McRae was on the football team as well. And it just seems a lot like what Paul is like. Oh, you have no chance with Winnie Cooper. I mean, you versus Kirk McRae. Yeah, right. And Dean just said, well, so he's just messing up my three-year plan. Yeah, six months. I give it six months, if that. Okay, I swear, all we've heard since the first episode of season one is, my three-year plan, my three-year plan. Dude, you need to stop with this three-year plan nonsense. It's clearly not going to happen. Brad tells Dean, oh, you gotta do what Captain Kirk did to Edith, whatever her last name was. You gotta let her go. And apparently, yeah, Dean says, he didn't let her go. She got hit by a truck. And... Brad explains how, well, he had to. I mean, she was going to change history. 
And the Germans were going to win the war. Oh, well, yes, of course. We can't, uh, yeah. Okay, so this brother guy comes up, and it's almost like he's like, what are you guys talking about? It's like, why are you here? What do you need? Is this guy kind of a bully? Oh, good grief, Kisa. This guy better not be a bully to any of those kids. Dean's thinking, oh man, did he hear us talk about Star Trek? Is he going to make fun of us now? Yeah, and Broderick says, oh, I thought I heard you guys talking about Star, Star Trek. And Corey asks, oh, you know Star Trek. And Broderick says, yeah, it's my favorite show. Just like in season two of The Wonder Years. <laughs> I can't believe, like, a cool kid, someone who plays football, likes what they like. Like, that's not right. Oh. <laughs> I mean, seriously. He's like, oh, yeah, if it's really your favorite show, you gotta prove that to me. What happens if you place a phaser to stun? Oh, what happens if you... Okay, so if you plan uh phaser to stun, but stand too close. Uh, let me guess, you evaporate? That's my guess. It can still vaporize someone. Broderick, I'm guessing he got that right. I've never watched an episode of Star Trek in my life, and I have no plans to. Not that it's a bad show. I don't think it's a bad show. It's just I don't have an interest in it. Granted, I did see the, th the movies, though, that came out in, what, 2016, 17? I can't remember. Mainly for Anton Yelchin. Rest in peace. R.I.P. And Roderick is impressed with Dean. And I know this Dean does not really care for this. Like, no, I don't want her boyfriend to like me. And Corey tells Roderick that Dean is working on a model kit for the U USS Enterprise. Oh, that is so cool. Apparently this USS Enterprise kit model kit has 350 parts. Wow. Oof. And Broderick says, man, you're lucky, Dean. I mean, I've only seen those in the Sears catalog. And, and Dean's like, oh, well, if you want to see it, you'd have to come to my house. And then Kisa comes up and asks Broderick, oh, we're going to a candy house or the candy store after school, right? And he's like, oh, yeah. And then Dean comes up and like, oh, I'm sorry, Kisa, but Broderick already said he's going to, he already committed to come to my house to see my model of the USS Enterprise. Sorry. And Broderick's like, oh, is that okay? And she's like, I guess. Oh, my goodness. And <laughs> he laughs to himself. Sorry, Kisa, but your boyfriend plans just got Spock blocked. <laughs> ah. oh, yeah, he's talking about the plastic glue that you use to uh, put the model together. And Broderick is over there watching Dean put this together, and it seems like he is making, like, oh, make sure you put that, make sure that phaser bank's on the right, and all this, oh, make sure that phaser bank's on tight, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I can see that this is gonna get irritating, he's like, oh, make sure this is right, blah, 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 blah. like, ah, you know what, on seven of them, why don't you go hang out with your girlfriend? So Dean is like, you know, it's a little weird to me that you like Star Trek being you're a cool kid. You know, someone like you who's who plays football and everything. And Broderick's like, someone like me? What do you mean? 
I mean, what's cooler than flying around the USS Enterprise with Captain Kirk? And shooting at Klingons. So, Dean makes a joke, of, a Star Trek joke about Captain Kirk, saying how many, about the fact that, why is his face so weird? And saying how he's got three ears, a left ear, a right ear, and a final front ear. <laughs> oh my goodness. And Roderick tells Dean, like, you know, you're cool. My friends would dig you. And Dean is like, really? But Roderick's gotta head home, because he can't be late for dinner. So Roderick asks Dean if he wants to go see 2001 A Space Odyssey, even though it's probably not as good as Star Trek. But, I mean, hey, it's in space, so why not? It's pretty cool that, you know, Roderick wants to hang out with Dean. You know, they got stuff in common, so that's cool. Maybe he can't talk about this Star Trek stuff with his other friends. Like, his other friends aren't into that. Like, oh, no, we only talk about sports stuff and cars and girls and stuff like that. It looks like Lillian has been possibly applying to another uh, a law firm, so that's pretty cool. And, it's, and, and Bill is all psyched for that because he's like, oh, black account, that's great, that's great. So... And William thinks she might be the front runner for the position, which is great also. And she's been invited away for a weekend at the company just to kind of meet other people of the company. Maybe other people that are also up for this position. I don't know. But that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Good for her. I know, that, you know, she's been kind of wanting to get under the, or out from under that uh job that she's doing now is as good as she is at it and everything, but she's like, nah, find something better, the people that, you know, treat her better, even though it was way back in early season one, but it's just, yeah, working her out, like, could, could have been better, she got, she needs to find something that she, I think she would be, and maybe something that she could even get paid even more, that'd be cool. So, Dean gets up from the table like, oh yeah, that's cool, Mom. See, I actually got invited to hang out with someone cool, too. <laughs> and he's actually Keith's new boyfriend. You can imagine the look that they're going to give me, like, uh, you're doing what? Why would you want to hang out with her boyfriend? That's just weird. <laughs> Dean says, oh yeah, he thinks I'm funny. And Bill says, that is the saddest thing I have ever heard. <laughs> like how Lily says, that is not even remotely the same. And Bill says, hey, he owes you an apology if you ask me. Oh, my gosh. I love these two. They're just so fun. They're so cool. And that was the cold open. Hey, are we getting more of a, I'm just wondering if we're getting more of a, uh, the one, as far as like either once or twice, we got a longer intro with more pictures. I, it's, I swear it was like once or twice, and then after that it's just a quick, quick intro. It's like, oh, but I like the more pictures. Hopefully we'll get a new intro for season two, Def. Of course, we, I mean, we have to, right? I mean, although the intro didn't change for the Wonder Years until I thought it was at least the final season, or was it season five? It might have been just six that it changed the intro of the original Wonders, and I, I thought that was horrible. I, I did not like it at all. It's like, you've been doing this for five years, just do it all the way through with the same intro. 
and invented in the 60s, it was perfected then. It seems like everything was cool. Our cars, our fashion, our music, even our white presidents were cool. But growing up then, you knew there was a big difference between who was cool and who wasn't. Sorry about Keith's game. Yeah, thanks, she has me boyfriend. Look at it this way. She clearly likes cool dudes, so we never really had a chance. He's not that cool. We're talking about Roger, right? He's the starting quarterback. So? He's messing up my three-year plan a little. I give him six months. Tops. You just gotta do what Captain Kirk did to eat his killer. He didn't let her go. She got hit by a truck. He had to. <laughs> she was gonna change history and the Germans were gonna win the war. What are you guys talking about? Oh man, did he hear us talking about Star Trek? Was he gonna make fun of us? I thought I heard you guys talking about Star Trek. You like Star Trek? It's my favorite show. For real? Us too. Wait a minute. A cool kid thought something we liked was cool? No, there's no way. It's really your favorite show? Then prove it. What happens if you place a phaser to stun, but stand too close. That's right. I'm not as easy to impress as my weak-minded friends. It can still vaporize someone. He's right! Illogical! I see you know your stuff. I can dig it. No, Dean's working on a model kit for the USS Enterprise. It has 350 parts. Man, you're lucky. I've only seen those in the Sears catalog. Can I check it out? To do that, you'd have to come to my house. <laughs> Why in the world would I want to fraternize with the enemy? Roger, don't forget we're supposed to go to the candy lady's house after school. Wait a minute. Sorry, Keisha, but Broderick already made plans to come to my house. If you still want to see the USS Enterprise. Is that okay? I guess. That's right, Keisha. Your yeah, plans with like, your boyfriend why? just got spot blocked. <laughs> oh, please, come on. Y'all know y'all like that one. Ah, the sweet, sweet smell of plastic model glue. I like the smell so much, I only remember half the models I built with it. What was I saying? And make sure that phaser bank's on tight. Gonna need it to better the Klingons. You know, I'm kind of surprised someone like you was in a Star Trek. What do you mean, someone like me? Uh, well, you know, uh, someone who's part of the cool crowd. What's cooler than flying around outer space fighting monsters with a badass dude like Captain Kirk? Hey, why is Captain Kirk's face so weird? Because he has three ears. A left ear, a right ear, and a final frontier. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. My friends would dig you. Really? Yeah. I have to go. Can't be late for dinner. Hey, do you want to see 2001 A Space Odyssey on Saturday? I bet it's not as good as Star Trek, but at least it's in space. That's the day I usually organize my army men into battalions, but going one more day won't kill me, so yeah. Never in my wildest dreams would I have thought Broderick would want to hang out again. And also, going one more day with my army men in disarray would kill me. Double check that last problem. But how'd you... It sounded wrong. So, how'd it go with Hans and Vinny? Come on now, don't leave us hanging. Um, Cedric was right. They are recruiting. And I think I might be the front runner. <laughs> They've even invited me, us, to a company event this weekend to meet some other members of the firm. I'd love for you to work at the only black accounting firm in town. They have a receptionist with a natural. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I know exactly how you feel, Mama. I was invited to hang with someone cool, too. He's actually Keith's new boyfriend. He thinks I'm funny. That is the saddest thing I ever heard.
That is not even remotely the same. You don't make a pilot if you ask me. <laughs> so, Bill and Lillian are at this gathering for this possible new job that she could have. That she's the front runner from what her perspective is. And Bill is immediately kind of talking down her, like, you want to stay, say all these black people at a uh, state treasury department picnic. And, of course, Lillian points out, you wouldn't see, one thing you wouldn't see at a state treasury department picnic is you, Bill Williams. You would not be there. Yeah, he's already complaining, like, who puts raisins in the potato salad? Are you sure that's potato salad and not, like, uh, fruit salad? Because I think about, like, apples and walnuts and other odds and ends. And But then again, who knows? So, I guess we don't have Kim yet in this episode. She comes later on. And Bruce as well. Because right now, it looks like just Dean is there with the parents at this function. And Bill says, this is Dean, our youngest dependent. <laughs> and Bill says, our other two kids are working at jobs that allow them to file as single individuals. Oh my god, talking about like tax terms. And the guy who could possibly be Lillian's new manager, she gets the job. It's like, oh, oh, did you put him up to this? <laughs> and Bill says, oh no, I'm just speaking y'all's language. <laughs> Oh my god, you're being embarrassing, Bill. Come on, Apple. She doesn't have the job just yet. I hope she gets the job. I really, really do. Seems like it would be a more just comfortable environment. Maybe she wouldn't be as stressed out and stuff like that. And with working with people that are constantly undermining you all the time and your your authority and just how you do your job and it's just that's not a healthy work environment. And Dean remarks how happy Bill is, the idea that his wife could be working at, you know, a black firm. That, you know, he's never seen his dad excited about his mom's job before. Lillian does Bill basically to take Dean and go get lost somewhere. Go, they put the food out, why don't you go check it out? And Bill's like, come on, Dean, let's go audit the selections. <laughs> so, I don't know this, Cedric, Cedric, his name is Cedric, okay. So, he tells Lillian that she... She made quite an impression on the partners, and he basically says, they're going to offer you the job. And she, uh, the smile on Lillian's face could not be bigger, because, oh my gosh, she is so excited. And Lillian tells him, Cedric, it will be an honor to work for this company. I am so excited for her. I am so excited. I'm getting excited for season two, honestly. I really, really am. I think it's going to be... I want to see where the writers take the show, take the characters, and whether they're going in different directions. Like, okay, this was... Season one was pretty much the groundwork. Like, we're laying out the groundwork for the characters. We've seen them grow over 22 episodes, almost 22 episodes. And I just... Season two could be anyone's game. Like, okay, where are the writers going to take the characters? What situations are we going to get into? What avenues haven't they explored that they can explore? Going into, I'm thinking what? We're going to be getting close to 1970, I would think. So, fingers crossed, guys. Fingers crossed. 
Ah, I just, I, I love this show. I really, they hit it out of the ballpark with this show. They really, really did. And she says, you know, I'll give the state my two-week notice on Monday. And he says, great, are you free to join us for a business dinner? So I'm guessing, is it just Lillian or is it Lillian and Bill? Because it just seems like the guy, I can't see him wanting to invite Bill with all his little tax quips. Dinner with a potential client. It's, okay, okay, yeah, so I can't see Bill. Well, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I love Lillian's outfit. It's kind of a sunshiny, peachy color, and it's just, it's really, really pretty. I mean, and I don't wear dresses or hats or any adornments like that, but I think it's cute. Oh, wow. Um, mm, I did, wow. <laughs> he says, oh, make sure you wear that dress you wore to the interview. And she immediately asks, uh, why does it matter what I wear? Is this guy already... Oh, wow. I don't like this at all. And she, yeah, she asks, why does it matter what I wear? And he's like, oh, don't make too much of it. Just we want to make sure you look nice. Oh! I would like, you know what, on second thought, I don't need this job. No, because he, this flat out, that is sexual harassment. Comment. He she doesn't even have the job. Basically, who is is this guy gonna be her manager? Cause this already looks like it's an uncomfortable situation, and she hasn't even stepped foot in the build, in the place to start working yet. I mean, I don't think she'd want to take that job now. I mean, you gotta basically choose like being sexually harassed and self-respect. I mean, the other place might be undermining her authority, but I don't know anyone that's sexually harassing her. But then again, I don't know. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. And he says, oh, it's the same reason we chose a beautiful restaurant to, you know, put the client in the right mood. I don't like And he tells, Cedric tells her, look. We're trying to grow this company, so we all do what we have to do to land new business. I would have said, you know what, you can take your new job and give it to somebody else, because I don't want this. This is just horrible behavior. And I get it, it's the 60s and this stuff was going on, but that doesn't make it right. Can't believe that he is saying, "Oh, I play tennis with clients, even though I hate the game." That is not the same thing as telling someone, "Oh, wear that outfit you wore before because we want to make sure you look good." That is flat-out sexual harassment. This new client, he likes pretty women. What in the world? Ugh. Oh, this guy, this new client likes pretty women as much as Cedric hates tennis. Look at all these black faces. Won't see this at a state treasury department picnic. What I know I wouldn't see at a state treasury department picnic is you, Bill Williams. They put raisins in potato salad, Lillian. Raisins. Hi, Lillian, Bill. So glad you could make it. Cedric. Yes, sir. <laughs> this is Dean. Our youngest dependent, our other two at work earning just under the threshold that allows them to file as single individuals. Oh, 
did you put him up to this? I'm just speaking y'all's language. I see. <laughs> I'd never seen Daddy so excited about Mama's work before. I guess her being at a black firm would mean a lot to him. Can't say that her racial impression being the night of my deduction. <laughs> I'm just spitballing. Just spitballing. <laughs> Bill, I think they just put the food out. Come on, Dean. Let's go audit the selections. Ah, you must have heard that one before. <laughs> So, uh, you made quite the impression in your interview. The partners are going to offer you the job. <laughs> Cedric, it will be an honor to work for this company. I'll get to state my two-week notice on Monday. Great. Are you free to join us for a business dinner with a potential client next weekend? I can make myself free. <laughs> oh, and make sure you wear that dress you wore to the interview. Uh, why does it matter what I wear? Oh, don't make too much of it. We just... You know, want to make sure you look nice. The same reason we chose the beautiful restaurant to, you know, put the client in the right mood. Look, we're trying to grow this company, so we all do what we have to do to land new business. I play tennis with clients even though I hate the game. And this new client, he likes pretty women as much as I hate tennis. So they're at the dinner table later that night, and Bill asks, well, did they offer you the job because you're good with figures or because you have a good figure? And Lillian says, honestly, both, I guess. And she says, you know, I'm the one that picked out the outfit, so I guess it wouldn't hurt to wear it again. I, I don't see anyone that would, especially in today's world, that would be putting up with that. I'd be like, you know what? On seven, I don't need your job. Thank you. To give it to somebody else. And I would have walked away. It's like, it doesn't matter the pay. It's like, no, you don't sub subject yourself to that. At all. No amount of money is worth that. And Bill says, yeah, I still don't like some man telling my wife what to wear. I would be angry about more than just that. The fact of why she's being hired in the first place. Is not just because of her brains, but because of how she looks. And I just, I hate this. Although Lillian kind of puts it on Bill saying, well, how is this any different from you showing me off to your army buddies? I think it's a world of difference. I really do. I mean, this is a potential employer who is judging you based on how you look and your appeal of, how you look and what that would bring to the company. Bring <laughs> No, I mean, Bill is showing her up that she's a beautiful woman and he's proud to be married to such a, a sweet, beautiful lady. And Kim says, it is sexist for you or them to tell her to dress a certain way. And Bill's not telling her to dress a certain way. I don't think so. Dean throws in, well, what about when Mama tells you not to wear those skimpy outfits to parties? And Kim tells Dean, I'm not dressing for boys, I'm dressing for myself. There's a difference. And Bill says, yeah, I'll believe that argument when you go to a party with no boys. Because <laughs> Kim says, I dress that way because it makes me feel good. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, definitely. She says, Thank you for your opinions, but I'm wearing the dress and I'm bringing my husband along so they know I won't put up with any funny business. That I like. And if they disagree, like, oh, you can't bring him to a, like, uh, it's either that or I just don't go and I don't take the job. So take your pick. 
I don't know. Is any other woman going to put up with that? Like, if they want the job bad enough, would they put up with that? <laughs> oh, again with these tax quips. <laughs> Bill says, I won't turn out a meal on someone else's expense account. Oh, if someone else is paying? Oh, heck yes. Oh, absolutely. Hey, Dean, you gotta stop that because he's like, oh, I know what you, how you feel, Mama, because when Broderick told me he liked my green lantern shirt, that's not even remotely the same thing. And it's like, yeah, definitely stop trying to act like you understand anything. <laughs> oh my god. So Dean and Kim are <laughs> squabbling with each other. And he's like, I understand plenty. Uh, and they're calling each other stupid. <sighs> so Lillian tells Kim and Dean, the party is Saturday eve. The party. <laughs> yeah, it's Saturday evening. We're going to be gone mostly evening. And Bruce is going to be in charge. And Kim is like, why? We get along? See? <laughs> Smiling. <laughs> Neither of them, Bill and Lillian, are buying this lovey-dovey brother-sister act. No, no, no. What's up, Freeze? You can say it like they want you because you're good with figures or because you have a good figure. Honestly, both. Hmm. I mean, I'm the one who decided to wear the dress in the first place, so might not be so bad to wear it again. I still don't like some man telling my wife what to wear. I know, that's right. How is this any different from you showing me off in front of your army buddies? Oh, I know that's right. Well, you pick a side. Otherwise, keep your mouth shut. It is sexist for you or them to tell her to dress a certain way. What about when mom tells you not to wear those skimpy outfits to parties? I'm not dressing for boys. I'm dressing for myself. Those are the clothes that make me feel good. Now, I believe that argument when you go to a party with no boys. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for your opinions, but I made my decision. I'm going to wear the dress. But... I'll tell them I'm bringing my husband so they know I won't put up with any funny business. I won't turn down a meal on someone else's expense again. Totally get how you feel, Mama. But when Broderick said you like my Green Lantern t-shirt, it was no big deal. Stop trying to act like you understand anything. I understand plenty. You don't understand. That is so stupid. You're stupid. That's enough of you two. Okay, listen up. The party is Saturday night and we're going to be gone most of the evening, so we're leaving Bruce in charge. But why? We can get along. <laughs> yeah, right. So Kim asked Bruce, like, hey, since mom and dad aren't going to be here, do you mind if I throw a host to not a party, but it's basically a uh, poetry reading that she's been going to, and she's afraid, like, she, that she just shows up to theirs, but she can't put up, like, oh, come to my house and we'll read poetry and stuff. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's fine, as long as it's only a few people, and if you don't tell mom and dad, if I duck out to Tammy's for a minute. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is going to blow up in their faces 110%. Oh, yeah, she called it a literary salon. I don't know what that is. Is that basically another word for book club? <laughs> and Dean says, you know, I think I'll have a salon, too. Uh-huh. Oh, two joint parties, one for junior high, one for high school. You know this is a party, and none of those kids who Kim invites read poetry at all. Like, what? No, we don't do that. And Kim's like, oh, uh, no, I don't think so. And Dean says, fine, then if I can't invite my friends, then I'll just have to hang out with Kim and hers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so how well that went in jobs and hangouts in that episode. Uh-huh. They just use Dean for information. I just 
just rolls her eyes. He can have his little dork buddies over too. You know, I want Brad probably still has the uh, obsession with Kim or this huge crush that feels like an obsession. <laughs> He's had that since season one, since the pilot episode, this boy. But he did get to dance with her at his bar mitzvah. And they all shake on it. Bruce is like, all right, we got a deal? And Dean says, nothing sealed the deal like the between the three of us, like the threat of mutually assured destruction. Yeah. He says that's why no one knows what's buried underneath that tree in the backyard. Oh, joy. Oh, boy. Bruce, would it be okay if I hosted not a party, but a literary salon Saturday night? I met some new kids who get together to read poetry and discuss current events. Where do they think I'm all show and no go? Fine. As long as there's just a few, and you don't tell mom and dad if I duck out the tamers for a minute. You know, I think I'll have a salon too. Oh, hell no. Fine. If I can invite my friend, then I'll just have to hang out with Kim and hers. You can have his little dork buddies over too. So we got a deal? Nothing sealed the deal between the three of us like the threat of mutually assured destruction. That's why to this day, no one knows what's buried underneath that tree in the backyard. So Dean's in school, letting everyone know he's pretty much got the house to himself, as in the parents won't be there, but the older brother and sister will. That's basically having it to yourself, because Kim's going to have her party, Bruce is barely going to be there. Of course, like, oh, you're going to have the place to yourself? Cool. And Norman says, oh, no, Ham Ham uh, Hampton says, yeah, I, even if my <laughs> my parents are gone, I never have the house to myself. My granny talks to me through the oven. My dead granny talks to me through the oven. Yikes. <laughs> and Dean adult Dean says, man, <laughs> looking back now, I sure wish we dug in on that a little more. Like, I'm curious, too. What's that about, exactly? So, Dean gets to invite some people, and of course, Broderick's coming with Kisa. <laughs> Corey, he says, quick question, Dean, who do you have a bigger crush on now, Kisa or Broderick? And Dean just laughs it off, like, huh, yeah, very funny. You know, I was wrong about him before, he's a really cool guy. Brad can't go, because he has to go to a bris on Saturday. And Dean asks, what's a bris? Brad says, it's a ceremony for the thing Norman never had done. And Norman says to Brad, you're not supposed to look. Adult Dean, everybody looks. So Corey says, oh, I'll be there. You gotta have the guy with the mustache at your party. Uh, sure you got a mustache. Whatever you say, Corey. He's even got a little mustache comb. Good for him. It says, I'll be there too, but promise, he, promise me the lights will be on the whole time. Because when the lights dim, there's sin. Oh, you mean making out and kissing? Yeah. Dean says, Hampton, look, it'll be fine, okay? It's just going to be a few people. Yeah, right. I think it's going to be a rager. You guys are the house to yourselves? Cool. <laughs> that never happened with my mom and dad. Even if my parents weren't there, I still wouldn't be alone. My granny's ghost talks to me through the oven. Man, looking back now, I sure wish we dug in on that a little more. Oh, well. Kim and Bruce said I can invite a few people. And Roderick's coming with Kisa. Quick question. Who do you have a bigger crush on now? Kisa or Roderick? <laughs> Very funny. 
At least I'm man enough to admit that I was wrong about him before. Yeah, well, I can't Saturday. I have to go to a bris. What's that? To save money for the thing Norman never had done. They're not supposed to look. Everybody looks. Well, I'll be there. Gotta have a guy with mustache at your party. I'll be there, too. But promise me the lights will be on the whole time, because when the lights dim, they're sin. It'll be fine, Hampton. It's only gonna be a few people. Okay, so Broderick invited a few of his friends. We got, like, five or six other kids after him and Kiso coming in. Like, who are these other kids? Dean is a creeper. I mean, yeah, he's, like, excited that Kiso's here, even though Broderick brought a bunch of his friends. And Dean had, well, the creepy part is Dean has a strand of Kiso's hair taped on his desk. That is gross and creepy in all ways. <laughs> And Kim goes over to Dean, like, did you invite all these kids? I said a few. And Dean says, I invited Broderick. Yeah, who invited? Okay, if you're invited somewhere, you don't invite a bunch of people to come with you. They're not all your plus one, plus one, plus ones. You don't get a plus one. You get you, and that's it. And someone says, who invited the seventh grader? And someone says, it's his house. And Kim wants Dean to make sure that his guests stay in the basement. And don't interfere with your, her salon. Um, yeah, where's the poetry? Honestly, there is no poetry. This is just an excuse to have a party. Uh-huh. They're talking about the futility of violence. And this kid starts talking about Vietnam being the first American war. Vietnam is the first American war that can truly be considered immoral. Yeah, it looks like uh, Bruce just got home and he's like, excuse me, what do you mean immoral? It's like, yeah, he fought in Vietnam. So don't come up in here. And why is Kim allowing this? It's like, that's your brother. Ugh. No Vietnam talk in this house unless it's coming from my brother. Understood? Take your opinions and leave them at the door. This guy's going based on the fact that he read an article in the Montgomery Gazette. And Bruce, I guess he was actually going to be leaving. He's like, well, I was just in Vietnam for two years. So if you want to know what's really happening, we can talk. Don't come all up into his house and talk about, I read this article in this Gazette. And it said, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, 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 no. So yeah, I was kind of wondering if we were going to eventually get to Bill and Lillian going out with this new client from Lillian's new job and Cedric. So I want to see how this plays out because I think they're going to end up leaving and say, you know, what? I don't want this job. I don't need this job. You can take this job and give it to somebody else because I'm not. And I can imagine Bill would say, like, you're not going to, I'm not going to sit here and let you disrespect my wife this way. I invited a few of my friends over. That's cool. Uh, uh, yeah. Come on in, guys. Uh, party's in the basement. Look at me throwing a cool party with cool kids. Would it be better if Kisa was my date and not Broderick's? Sure. Am I still glad she's here, though? Damn Skippy. Did I hide the strand of her hair I have taped on my desk? No, I better go do that. Did you invite all these kids? I invited Broderick. Who invited the seventh grade? It's his house. Well, you better make sure your guests stay in the basement and don't interfere with my salon. I will kill you. I guess Kim was trying to impress some new friends, too. Now, back to the subject on the table, the futility of violence. I was saying Vietnam is the first American war that can truly be considered immoral. 
Wait, what, what do you mean immoral? This is my brother Bruce. He's on his way out. It's obviously immoral. I just read an editorial in the Montgomery Gazette. Makes a pretty convincing case. It says well, that... Well, I was just in Vietnam for two years, so if you don't know what's really happening, we can talk. Alright, now we're gonna head down to the basement and see what Dean and his friends are up to. Because we see... A couple kids with, well, one, in fact, has a pocket on the inside of their jacket that has, I'm guessing, alcohol. Oh, boy. And I don't know who Franklin is, but apparently he snuck beer into the party and he is giving the kids alcohol. Like, oh, boy. Dean thinks they're all going to play, uh, 12 people are going to play Parcheesi. And he's thinking, oh, don't they know how hard that's going to be? It's already hard enough playing Parcheesi, but doing it while intoxicated is going to be impossible. Uh, yeah, they're passing the cup around, and even Kisa's drinking. I'm like, come on, Kisa, you don't got to do that. I mean, did Broderick drink? We, I couldn't tell. Because the camera didn't pan over to him. So... The cup passes to Dean, and Dean's like, uh, who wants to hear a joke? Like, I would have just said, mm, no, nah, I'm good. Just pass. I mean, Corey passed it, too. It's like, no, 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 I'm good. I don't need that. Roderick starts to chuckle, saying, oh, you guys remember me telling you how funny he is? And the guy sitting next to Broderick said, no. So he tells a joke about how a fish and a guitar are different. And he says, Oh, they ask why, and he says, Oh, because you can't tune a fish. Tune a fish. Uh-huh. Clever. Yeah, like I hadn't thought of that was going to happen. This girl stands up with the, holding this boy's hand and says, Oh, it's time to get this party started. Where's the makeout room? And Dean's like, uh, Makeout room? I, I didn't know. I didn't. Uh, and, and the girl's basically taking charge of this says, Oh, it's cool. We'll just use one of the bedrooms. I'm like, Oh, no, you will not. Uh-uh. This party needs to be shut down, and those kids need to leave. You know that Bruce is not going to allow for that. Like, oh, where do you think you're going? <laughs> not in my house. You're free to go. But he's like, oh, hey, hey, as the two couple are walking up the street. He's like, hey, can you stay out of my mom and dad's room uh, and my sister's? <sighs> well, the only room left is uh, Dean and Bruce's. <laughs> Gross. Voice, Dean's voice is cracking like, hey, well, we all just stay out here where it's safe. Because it's like more than one couple is going up the stairs. So the guy doesn't even know whose house he's in. He's like, oh, yeah, we need some more uh, fun times. Do you think the kid who lives here will mind if we took some of his dad's booze? I'm like, I'm pretty sure his dad would mind. And he would, yeah, kid. Uh, No, you're not doing that. Okay, Bill and Lillian need to come back and shut this down. Bruce needs to come down there and shut that down. Finally, Dean, you got some cojones. He says, I'm the kid who lives here, and yes, I do mind. Thank you for standing up for yourself. Good grief. All the guys are finding, oh, jeez, just asking. Majority of the kids went upstairs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so he's going down the hallway from room to room, and there are kids in pretty much each room. And Kim is saying, well, okay, Bruce, because Dean goes to the living room where Bruce is just standing there, and Kim says, oh, well, okay, well, Bruce has said his piece. I'm thinking, 
Yeah, Dean, you need to get Bruce and get these kids out of here. This is... Shut it down. I couldn't believe Franklin snuck beer into the party. Didn't they know 12-man Parcheesi was going to be hard enough without being intoxicated to boot? The gall. It's not good for stash. Don't do it, Kisa. Be strong. Be you. Uh, who all wants to hear a joke? You guys remember me telling you how funny he is? No. <laughs> um, uh, why is a guitar and a fish so different? Why? why? Because you can't tune a fish. <laughs> it's time to get this party started. Where's the makeout room? Makeout room? I, I didn't know. I didn't, I, I, I didn't think that... It's cool. We'll just use one of the bedrooms. Uh, uh, um, excuse me. Hey, can, can, can you just stay out of my mom and dad's room? And my sister's? Uh, how about we all just stay down here where it's safe? We need some more kicks. You think the kid who lives here will mind if we took some of his dad's booze? I'm the kid who lives here, and yes, I do mind. Jeez, just asking. <sighs> Was nice that he asked. <laughs> Over there! <laughs> hey, don't touch that! Hey, stop that! Get <sighs> Okay, Bruce has set his piece. Now let's let him get back to his stuff then. Any other room but this one. It's unfair to draft people and force them to fight a war that has nothing to do with them. This war affects all of us. If communism gets a foothold there, who knows where it goes next? Hey, don't say the kid who lives here, but I'm gonna boost some of that whiskey. Again, I'm the kid who lives here. Sorry, man. You have one of those easy to forget faces. Don't Mouth? worry. I know how to take a little bit without letting anybody find out. And just when I thought it couldn't get any crazier. Of course. I love my Angela. You know the other Supremes. <sighs> yeah, excuse me. I, I need to talk to my friend. Dean, what are you doing, man? She was into me. This better be good. She's 17. I doubt she's into you. Yeah? Then why was she staring at my stash? Look, Broderick's friends are out of control. Then tell them to leave. But I, I can't tell them to leave. Then Broderick will get mad and they won't think I'm cool. Dean, listen, man. You're already not cool. They're going to find out sooner or later. Might as well be now. It just seems like another example of American imperialism. And guys like you are just pawns in a global chess game. Uh, hold me right there. My brother is not a pawn. You have no idea the sacrifices he's made. Wow. I had never heard Kim defend Bruce like that before. I think Bruce was surprised, too. Look, there may be some truth to what you're saying. But y'all wasn't in the front lines. Trust me. Doing this doesn't stop bullets, and it doesn't save lives. But I apologize, man. I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't mean for this to get so heated. Are you kidding? This has been a gas. You're a smart cat. And I'm in no disrespect. You had every right to lay it on me. Next time, I'll keep it mellow. Next time. Cool. So, yeah, Bruce is a good 
thing of kind of shutting that guy down with what he's reading in the Montgomery Gazette. It's like your person wasn't even in Vietnam. They don't know what's going on over there. And luckily, Bruce sets him straight. And then the guy kind of changes his tune. Like, oh, well, it's it because Kim even defends where it's like, you weren't over there. My brother was. You don't have any right to call him a pawn. So they all work it out. And now Dean is trying to get Corey to, like, help him. Like, can you help me control these uh, older kids? Because Corey was trying to get with this 17-year-old girl. And he mentions about Maya Angelou and the Supremes. I'm like, I don't think they're related in that way. One's music, one is an author. Like, come on now. So, <laughs> and the fact that Corey's like, Dean, what are you trying to do? She was, she was in, interested in what I was saying and all that. Like, you know, she's 17, Corey. She's not going to be interested in you. So, hopefully, Dean's starting to get some older reinforcement, reinforcements like his older siblings to help shut this party down. But apparently... I guess we're back down in the basement again. It just, from this, this must be a large basement because there's a lot more lighting in this section of the basement if this is, in fact, the basement. Because it looks like the, the laundry area. Because there's a crash coming from the basement and Bruce and Kim look at Dean like, what was that? And Dean's like, I got this, don't worry about it. Turn the music up. Or off. Guys. Hey, guys. It's... Everybody get the hell out of my house. Yeah. Aren't you glad you're not the kid who lives here? Just leave. Let's go. Come on. Real quick, going back to when Dean was, well, Corey was telling Dean, just kick the kids, older kids out. And Dean doesn't want to because he's afraid that Roderick won't think he's cool if he kicks Roderick's friends out. And Corey tells him, <laughs> it's so funny, it feels like a uh, Corey and Sean moment from Boy Meets World when Corey's asking Sean, do you think I'm cool? Like, of course I don't. Because <laughs> Corey even says, you're, Dean, you're not cool, okay? Eventually those guys are going to know that. Or, or they already do know it. Eventually you're going to know it too. So Dean is trying to get their attention over the loud music. Trying to say, hey, I think it's time to wrap it up and everyone head home. It just, it just made me think of an E.T. when Elliot is trying to get his brother and his friend's attention who are playing Dungeons and Dragons. And they got loud music playing. It's like, I'm ready to play now, guys. Guys. And it's like... You must know your voice is not going to be heard over loud talking and loud music. It's like, why even try? But no, Bill, Bill and Lillian come home. He's like, get out of my house. Get out of here. Oh, you know that Dean is going to answer for that. And I bet anything that Kim and Bruce are going to have something to answer for too like you should have been watching him why was he allowed to have a party just because we're out of town doesn't mean you can have a party because we're not here 
In philosophy class in college, I studied the prisoner's dilemma. But growing up with siblings, I already knew the best strategy was to sing like a canary. Dave, get in here. I promise you this is all Kim and Bruce's fault. They're the ones... Save me. They already ratted you out. We are so disappointed in you. You let strangers into our house. Underage strangers with beer. This is so unlike you. You and your sister ruined a perfectly good evening. Your mother's work dinner went great. Then we have to come home to this. I swear it wasn't my fault. I, I didn't even want those kids in there. So they just magically appeared. Oh, did you forget how to talk? Both those excuses were way higher on my list than I'm comfortable admitting. So I decided to come clean. I, I just wanted them to think I was cool. Were they blind? <laughs> What's wrong with being yourself? Just be yourself. Ageless wisdom that's just as true now as it has ever been. Nah, buddy. She was gonna have to come harder than that today. You kidding me? You have no idea what seventh grade is like. That will never work. I've been myself all year, all my life. And where has it gotten me? Watch your tone. That's okay, baby. Let him speak his mind. And of course you would think just be yourself at work. You're always yourself. People love you for it. The whooping window is closing. Pretty soon there's gonna be more for me than him. Dean, I wish those things you said about me were accurate, but they're not. I am not always true to myself. Like at dinner tonight, for example. You were great. They loved you. It is still about the dress because that didn't matter at all. I wish it ended up being as simple as whether or not to wear this dress, but the truth is, I was afraid to speak my mind about the deal they're making with this client. Really? I thought you were fully on board. It's a horrible idea. The client is too big and the firm is too small to pull it off. Not even with my help. Well, I definitely couldn't have gotten a second dessert if you'd have said all that. So, you didn't say anything either? No. Because I was making justifications every step of the way. Just to have a place in the firm. And it may not be seventh grade hard, but... Tomorrow I'm going to talk to the partners and tell them the deal's a bad idea. And moving forward, I'm going to dress the way I want and speak my mind, whether they like it or not. And if they're so progressive, they can handle it. Let's drink to that. Does somebody want to explain why my whiskey tastes like root beer? <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Mom. <laughs> So even though it sounds like I'm kind of rushing through the last bit of this episode, Dean does bring up some good points. And I like that he finally spoke his mind about the fact that when Lillian had told him just to be yourself, which adult Dean's like, no, that never worked. And he just, he gets so angry and upset. He's like, I've been myself all my life, all year for seventh grade. It just... I mean, I, I, I understand that, definitely. It's hard as, you know, they always say, you know, but you should be true to yourself. And even though, it's like, you being somebody else just to make someone like you is not worth it. Because then you're kind of being a poser. Or you're being a fraud. And if people don't like you for who you are, then that's their problem. But why should you have to lower yourself to their level just to be liked? And Lillian, in a way, they finally... 
it's an example because demons like oh i can i can understand that because of you know blah 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 or whatever earlier it's like no that's not the same thing but finally in what you know she's saying what she was doing at this business dinner while she was just sitting there being talked over and not really saying anything and you know leaving letting her judgments just you know lie in her head and her own opinions just for taking this job and, and in a way it's kind of like Dean not saying anything to these kids and not kicking them out and letting them like break stuff in their home and use their bedroom use his bedrooms and all this stuff just to be like it's like it's not worth it it is not worth it they're not going to think any more of you than you want them to in fact, because they got kicked out, they're probably going to think less of you. I don't know. But, uh, and, and it's it just, since we are coming towards the end of season one, it's just, and now looking back on it, on all the episodes and just, I just feel, I don't know in a way to whether say that Dean has grown as a character or not. It really feels... I don't know, in a way that he, he, maybe in some ways he, he's grown and, and not so much in others because he just, I mean, he can be likable in some ways, but he just, he's so smug in a lot of things and just like, oh, I'm sometimes that I'm smarter than you type of thing thrown in people's, I don't, I don't like that, but it is what it is. I just hope that maybe we'll see a little more growth come season two. From this character, maybe see him go in different direction, possibly. But yeah, I like that Lillian is finally gonna stand her ground. And it, yeah, she says something about the client being too big, the business being too small. Even that guy yeah, Cedric said they're trying to still grow this company. So, and I'm thinking, yeah, you speak your mind and everything. I mean, yeah, they could just up and fire you. But then again, it's like you could leave with your dignity still intact and find a company that will appreciate you and not belittle you because you know you're a woman and telling you how to dress and when to talk and all that stuff it's like I mean if you were given an opportunity to have a good amount of money for a job probably more than whatever you're currently making would you take that only to have to be working under those circumstances of being demeaned, belittled, just talked over, not have your voice be heard. And so, I mean, who would want to, and also being underappreciated, not getting a raise, not getting recognized for your work and everything. I mean, to me personally, that's what I, I, I think a job is rewarding in itself just by being recognized and heard by your employer. I just think that is very, very important in letting them, letting you know your opinion is valued and that they hear you and everything like that. It's just, I don't know. That's just what I feel. I guess even this could even be part of the wonderling words of wisdom for this episode. <clears throat> also kind of going back to the beginning where Dean was sitting in his room and Dean was saying how he's going to rat Kim and Bruce out, sing like a canary. And turns out, no, they turned it completely on its head. And they put all the blame on Dean. Because, like, 
I think, I don't know. Maybe it would have been fine if Broderick hadn't invited those other kids. I don't know how many other kids he invited, but it looked like it was a handful of them. Let's finish up this episode. How do you, Mom? Mama was true to her word. She met with Cedric and the partners the next day. So I decided to follow her example and see what happens. Hey. Hey. I'm sorry I embarrassed you in front of your friends, but the truth is I, I wasn't having fun. Man. I was so happy when your parents broke up that party. You were? Yeah, everyone was telling me and Kisa to go to the makeout room. It wasn't cool. She's a nice girl. But they're your friends. Why didn't you just tell them to stop? In that moment, I realized that Broderick was not that different from me. He had the same insecurities I did about fitting in. And let's face it, if one of us was going to lose his cool cred, it was a much steeper fall for him. There's a new Star Trek tonight, if you want to come watch. I can dig it. Cool. Did you hear? Franklin got busted for having a beard. He's grounded until the ninth grade. Franklin? Franklin, Franklin. I'm drawing a blank on his face. <laughs> I see. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Cedric, but oh, yes. if that's how the other partners feel. Yeah. Yes, I agree. It's best we go our separate ways. Yeah, I figured that was going to happen. Thanks for telling me yourself. Bye-bye. Um, I'm sorry, Lil. That's just... Well, I'm just sorry. Don't just stand there. Go put your things away so you can go with me to my old office to help me pack up the rest of my boxes. It's part of your punishment. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I kind of get that with Broderick. I was surprised, like, oh, I was so happy when your parents came home and broke up the party, and, you know, they kept pressuring me, and he said to go to the makeout room, but I just, I didn't want to do that, because she was such a nice girl. He's a sweet young man. And Dean asked, oh, they're your friends, why don't you just ask them to, to stop? And Broderick just kind of looks away, and then Dean realizes, yeah, he and Broderick are more alike than they think, because... He can't stand up to his friends, and Dean can't uh, stand up to. <laughs> he just wants to go with the with the flow in a way, but it's just, and he wants to be seen as cool, but it just it's not worth it sacrificing your self and your dignity if you gotta stoop down to that level just to be seen. I mean, even that Franklin guy is like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, what's your name again? Oh yeah, you just have one of those forgettable faces. So I like when, so Dean is like, hey, there's a new Star Trek episode on tonight, you want to watch with me? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, cool. Well, he says I can dig it. <laughs> so, yeah, they're walking like, oh yeah, Franklin got busted for that beer. He's grounded until the ninth grade for two years. <laughs> and, and Dean's like, oh, Franklin, Franklin. Uh, remind me again who he is. He's just, I can't picture his face. So, of course, yes, I wasn't surprised that Lillian did get let go just for speaking her mind and all that, which is horrible. But I don't think that would have been a good fit anyway. Having, I mean, if you're having to deal with that on a regular basis, shouting above all the noise just to be heard and just being told how to dress. She's worth more than that. She does not need to put up with that. 
So she asked Dean as part of his punishment to help clean out her old office. So I'm guessing right now she is no longer working. Oh, she did. She did. She put in her two weeks notice. So, oh, Corey's dad, Cliff, is there helping out. Well, that's nice. Thanks for helping, Cliff. Of course. Uh, I'm not going to know what to do around here without you, Leah. I'm going to go ahead and put the stuff in the car. Lillian, nice to see you again. Boy, do we miss you. I mean, the place is already falling apart without you. Thanks for saying that. No, I, I mean it. Look, I know you've already accepted the new job, but is there any way you'd consider staying? If I were to get you more money. Oh, he, he doesn't. Well, the new company is paying me 15% more than I made here. I think I can match that. And they said I'd have more responsibility and room for advancement. You know, there's a project to reorganize the Birmingham office. Now, you'd have to be on the road a lot, but if you did a good job, the higher-ups would definitely take notice and you could work yourself up the ladder. Sweetness. It's a deal. Yes! Terrific. Thank you. I still think the advice to just be yourself is as cliche as it gets. But what my mom really taught me was to be the best version of myself that I could be. That's the way to do you know it, man. Uh, I was thinking on the way to the car, and um, this ain't right. No, 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 this ain't right. Mr. Davis! Uh, no, you don't have to stick. Shut Mr. up. Mr. Davis! Yes, Cliff. We cannot let this woman leave. Okay? She is too vital of an asset to this company. Uh, Cliff. I don't think you understand. No, 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 no. Listen to me. We need to give her whatever she needs to make her stay. Hell, she can have my parking spot. Oh, he doesn't know that. Fine, Cliff. She gets your spot. Welcome back. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. I'm still thinking. Uh, uh, Miss, Mr. Davidson. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. All that, even without wearing a dress. There you go. That's the way to do it. I am applauding 100% Lillian knocked it out of the park. Yes. Yeah, and they're like, oh, it's just a mess around here about you here, keeping things running and all that stuff. And, and yeah, her her boss basically said, I, I know you already accepted the other job, but is there any chance you might be willing to come back and help us out? And... I like how she gets the upper hand. She gets to negotiate. Like, they were paying me 15% more than I am making here. They also were going to give me more responsibilities and possible room for advancement. You gave it to her. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, yes, whatever you want, you got it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, because there's, I guess, a new office in Birmingham. She'll be on the road a lot and everything like that. So I'm like, all right, all right, yeah, I feel that sweetness. And I like how she says, yeah, see, all that. I didn't even have to wear a dress. <laughs> that dress. <laughs> see? Just being yourself. That's what works. And Cliff comes in, and he's all like, Mr. Davidson, we cannot let this woman leave. She can have my parking spot. Whatever you do can do to get her to stay. 
<laughs> and he's like, yeah, sure, Cliff, she can have your parking spot. Welcome back. Christine's like, oh, he, doesn't know. he doesn't know she already decided to come back. And that's how it ends. I thought that I liked that. I really, honestly, I kind of liked Lillian's story a little more than, you know, Dean's. Dean's was okay, but it's just like, eh. So, yeah, the wondering words of wisdom is just be yourself. People are going to like you for being honest. If you're just being a fake and trying to go along with the crowd, it's like you're denying everyone who you really are and getting to know the real you. And honestly, never, ever give away your dignity and who you are just for more money and lack of self-respect and just lack of respect in general. It's not worth it. All right. So next month for the month of December, the end of 2022, I'm going to be discussing season one, episode 22, entitled Love Dean, which aired May 18th, 2022. In this episode, it's the, ex it's the excitement. It's the end of the school year and summer excitement is all, is all around. Bill and Lillian each receive major career opportunities. Yeah. Okay. So we did kind of see this one. So this looks like going to be a step in the right, you know, for season two. Maybe Lillian's going to be on the road a bit. The family's going to have to help pitch in, make their own dinner and stuff like that. Dean and Kisa take shelter together as a tornado tears through. Yes, I did kind of get spoiled by seeing a clip since I follow the show on Instagram. I did get a little spoiled by the series finale. Like, eh. I think we may be getting what us, the fans, viewers, have been wanting since the first season. I mean, I, I definitely want, you know, the idea of Dean and Kisa together is, is cute and all, but it just, I mean, I'm just kind of thinking back on, you know, Kevin and Winnie, how long it took them a while to get together because she went through... It was basically, yeah, it was Kirk McRae for the longest time, then it was Kevin, then they broke up, then she moved away to another school, dated Roger and Chip and whoever else. She came back, Kevin and she got together again, and they pretty much got broken towards the end. So it's okay. there are only two times in the show's run that they're actually together. So, yeah. But I'm looking, I honestly, I really want to see these characters go a little farther in the season. This was basically season one was the ground level. It's like you're building the show. Like, okay, you start with the foundation, building the characters, getting us to fall in love and with the characters and watch them on their journey. Now let's go to the next level up, which is going to be the ground level as far as we've already done the foundation and basement. Now we're moving up to the first floor. Let's see where we can take these characters for season two. I am excited. The characters, like I said, they've grown a little bit, but let's, let's see what eighth grade has in store. Cause even though, I mean, unless season two is going to take place during the summer, which I don't think so. I think we're going to brush past it and it's going to be a brand new school year. Grade 8. So I hope you all enjoyed the episode, and I will be back in December with Love Dean. Oh my gosh!
did I just get a flashback or what? Remember the end of season two of The Wonder Years with uh, how I'm spending my summer vacation? Yeah. Where Kevin just writes this huge paragraph and when he's... I bet anything Dini's going to do the same thing because it's love, Dini. Like, let me see, how do I end this? Love, Kevin. Oh, my God. Don't ever change. If Dean writes that in his year, in her yearbook, Stay, always stay the same. Don't change. Why do you think that is such a cliched thing to put in a yearbook? Uh, I don't know. All right, I'm looking forward to that episode and seeing how they wrap up season one. So have a great rest of the week, everyone. Bye-bye.